All right. Well, the movie sucked. <laughs> Hang on. We'll wait. Hang on. We got to do we got to do this proper. You're right. You're right. We got to do this proper. So hang on. This is going to be weird. Welcome back to the watch list with Patty and Bill. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, Go to thewatchlistpod.com and catch up on all of our back episodes. You can also engage with us on social media at symbol pirate Alice at symbol Bill Ivory Larson at symbol the watchlist pod. And if you listen to us on Apple, please give us a five star review. We would appreciate it. And Patty is away on vacation. So sitting in this week is our very own David. What's up, David? What's up, Bill? Dude, let me tell you, I've been I, and I have to say, people. You're in for either a treat or an, oh, my fucking God, I can't believe they're going to do a deep dive into this shit for an hour. Uh, So today they released the film Halloween Ends. And it is a movie that David and I have both been looking forward to. We've been kind of geeking out about this. Mm -hmm. And uh, I watched it today. Now, before I begin, this is going to be a completely spoiler spoiler zone. We're going to be talking about shit. We're going to be doing deep dive oh, yeah. stuff. So I'm going to start the podcast with all the necessary info. The movie is in theaters now, and if you have Peacock, you can stream it on Peacock. So if you want to hear what's going to go on in the movie, continue to listen in three Two, one. It's not that the movie completely sucked. It's that it was two separate movies stitched together. And I'll tell you why. So I'm watching this thing. And I kept thinking this is very much like the Star Wars prequels. It, it was it was like if you took out all the unnecessary bullshit about the bullied kid and you you could have a tight 40 minute movie almost a coda that could be interspersed between Halloween and Halloween kills or you introduce the bullied kid in Halloween kills mm. to set him up more because this movie tried to do way too much with way yeah. too many characters. And it didn't make sense. Well, all right. Let me slow down a little bit. I'm so emotional about this. Yeah. I'm so emotional about this because I wanted this to be so much better. Yeah. And I'm one of the guys that actually... Li- Did you like Halloween Kills? Uh, I'm trying to think back in my initial review... From it, I think my takeaway was that it ultimately, I think it kind of fell under the weight of the 2018 movie. Mm. So I, I, in retrospect, now I can look back on it and and actually have fond memories of it <laughs> compared to this one. <laughs> like Jar Jar Binks, not so bad. <laughs> 
compared to somehow Palpatine returned. Fuck you. Yeah. You did. Yeah. <laughs> hey, at Wait. the time, I remember. At the time, I remember not liking it and and really feeling disappointed, but that feeling has been exacerbated tenfold oh. after this one. Yeah. I had such high hopes because Danny Green or, or um, Danny McBride and what's-his-face second uh, David name? David Gordon Green. David Gordon Green were geeks about Halloween. Yeah. You finally had the Kevin Feige of the Halloween universe. Mm-hmm taking over the reins I think their first mistake and I and I know I haven't even begun my review proper yet of the third film but it kind of goes back to the first film yeah they did a lot of fan service right out of the gate okay I kind of get that but I also think that they did a disservice to the franchise by ignoring Halloween 2. Mm. Because, and here's where I start getting into my problems with Halloween ends. Mm. There was no reason, no reason explained for why he kept going after Lori. Yeah. None. And at least 1981's Halloween 2 gave you that reason. Yeah. Now, I just happen to have here the novelization for the original Halloween. Love it. I have had this book since 1979, David. 1979. Man. When... Eight-year-old Bill was way too young to see home. <laughs> way too young. But look, I turned out just great people. Yeah. <laughs> the, the prologue of this book and certain passages in this book do a very good job of explaining the evil. Mm. This movie, Halloween Ends, does none of that. Mm -mm. And I think the thing that disappointed me the most was that they made Michael like Voldemort. Yeah. Like he goes into hiding and then all of a sudden because he's killing again, he gets stronger. Mm -hmm. What is that shit? Yeah. What, what did he stay in this this tunnel for four years feeding off rats and mice and homeless people and barely surviving? But when this kid brings him, you know, somebody else and. Yeah. Oh, God, it just. OK, so here's the story. <laughs> it is four years later after mm -hmm. the events of Halloween Kills. Mm -hmm. And. Lori has somehow magically moved on with her life. After all of the setup that we have had, not just in this movie, but in, but in Halloween Resurrection, mm. where, where Jamie Lee Curtis has stated, Lori Strode is fucked up from all of this. She has got PTSD to the max because of all of this, as she should. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, she's well-adjusted, she's moved on with her life, and this is after her daughter is murdered. Yeah. <sighs> that was... 
it feels like they they flip-flopped her story arc between kills and ends. Uh. Actually, if you think about it, they did her story arc completely ass backwards. How she was in this movie should have been how she was in 2018. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And yeah, then yeah. we gradually get to her going into what we saw in 2018 because there was there was there were strands of and elements here that that were could have been more interesting and there's a mm-hmm. there's a scene in which one of the victims of the last movie who I thought died but who we didn't. thought died because she she got impaled in the neck in the a, neck with a glass tube yeah and was bleeding out all over the place but apparently she she lived Somehow, um, somehow, somehow, Her Palpatine sister. returned. Yeah. <laughs> somehow, Palpatine <laughs> returned. Uh. Her sister calls out Lori for being happy, and says, "You know, it's your fault. You you egged this person on, and you let him loose to try and get your revenge and try to kill him, and then you failed, right? And." I think where I could absolutely see how someone could have PTSD and severe trauma after witnessing your closest friends from high school completely butchered and killed. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah but yeah. you figure if if we go off of the canon of Michael being caught that very same night, he's been away for 40 years. 40, at, yeah. the, at that point, and she had a family. So it would have made sense if we started 2018 with the Lori we see now, which is still a little apprehensive, but, you know. But baking pies and shit. And are trying her best to, to move on. To and, be and, adjusted, and right. To be adjusted as possible, but but she may have some issues here and there. And you still have the dynamic with her her daughter and her granddaughter. And a lot of that can work. And then into the next movie, then, you know, you have her eventually, you can see the, the, the backstory, which we didn't get a lot of in 2018, of how she turned into the obsessive and how she said, no, not again. And then the, the switch is turned where you can see her gearing up and training and, and waiting because it doesn't make any sense, right? He was locked away for 40 years and she was batting down the hatches. We got to go over safety drills every night and this is how it's supposed to be. And I got to protect you and homework at 4 p.m. and shooting range at 5 p.m. type of, uh, uh, of mil- militarized bullshit that she was on. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. how can you be adjusted after he killed your daughter, as you pointed out, Bill. Yeah. And he's still And he's missing. still loose. Yeah, exactly. How and you're still in the same town. <laughs> exactly. How on earth could she be well adjusted? If anything, she should even be more. And I think we talked about this um when we when you and I did the breakdown of Halloween uh, kills on your on uh, on your podcast that that deleted scene 
that's where they were headed. And that deleted scene or, or that alternate ending, because I think they put it into the, the home release. It doesn't just end with the flashes between Michael and Lori, Michael, Lori, Michael, Lori, then smash the credits. It was going to end with Lori calling uh, out. Um, God, what was her daughter's name? I, I don't even remember. Um, she was going to call her daughter's phone. Obviously, her daughter's been killed, right? Right. Michael was going to pick up the phone. And she would be yelling for her daughter. Is she okay? What's going on? And then it it quickly, she quickly comes to the realization that she's gone. She hears the breathing again. And she just, much like Liam Neeson and Taken, tells Michael, get ready. Because now I'm coming after you. Yeah. Man. And the last scene would have been very reminiscent of 2018 she takes the knife that was put under her pillow bed in the hospital or under her pillow, excuse me, in the hospital. And she was going to there's a scene in the trailer where you see Lori walking out of the hospital in slow motion in the hallway. And then the camera's going to pan to the knife in her hand and then freeze frame in credits. So it could play off of the 2018 ending where they mm. did the freeze frame on the knife mm. and then credits. So it would have been. Wow, okay, now we know she's going to go after him this time. And they just <laughs> abandoned everything. They abandoned everything. At, at the same time, we're introduced to this ne'er-do-well kid. This 21-year-old, beaten upon, you know, typical bullied kid. Mm-hmm. And he's bullied by the, you know, the jocks. Typical. I mean, just so typical. That Not it's even offensive. the jocks, Bill. Well, the, the guy marching was marching band. Was that the marching band? <laughs> it well, wait. was the marching band. So his Letterman jacket was for the band? The band. Okay. <laughs> and I have to say this now. No shade toward marching band. Yeah, but. I, I don't want to hear from our 30 listeners <laughs> that I was in band and, you know. But. You know, how cliche is that? Yeah. But here is where the movie diverges. Mm. And I'm going to paint for you two different pictures. Okay. If you had just had the kid, the story of the kid, mm -hmm. and how him being bullied generates this kind of vengeance in him, mm. separately... From the Michael Myers. Excise all of the Michael Myers business yeah. out of it. You would have had an incredible statement mm -hmm. on what goes on in the mind of someone who is bullied. Yeah. It's essentially Joker 2019. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And, and then when Laurie's granddaughter somehow makes this instant connection with this I, kid. Did you notice that? Like, all of a sudden, I, it was like fucking Romeo and Juliet with this girl and the, this kid. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't earn that relationship. The it movie didn't, didn't earn it. Right, it didn't. Yeah. All of a sudden, she sees him. They're both age-appropriate, so we're going to go after each other. But let's just even put that aside, and they fall yeah. in love with each other, right? And she, because of her mom... And because of the shit that's gone on in her family, 
sees his vengeance as a way to get back at the things in her life. Yeah. Which is why she says, burn it down. Mm-hmm. But then he takes that literally mm. as go kill people, burn shit down. Yeah. That eventually wakes her up and then the finale happens, or part one of the finale happens there. That is a completely separate movie. Yeah. And it would have been okay. Mm. Because that to me, especially with some shots and the music that was playing underneath, it felt very art housey. Very. Almost. Like an art house would be revenge fantasy. Yeah. Now, if you take out all of that storyline and you have Laurie trying to put her life back together, all of a sudden Michael comes back. Mm. And then you get the grand finale that we did with her and and Michael. Yeah. That's a separate movie. Mm-hmm. But again, it only would have been 40 minutes long. Yeah. So what I think they were trying to do, and again, people, here is where my beautiful novelization, <laughs> which I am showing to David again because I'm, I'm geeking out over this. Yeah, that's it. Where the original Halloween 2 would have been handy and where I thought they were going. I thought they were grooming the kid to somehow be the transfer of the mm-hmm. evil in Michael. Yeah. I think that's where they were going. Yep. Because he was so beat down, he was so put upon that he started to have this rage. Yeah. And this rage was built up inside of him that when he himself got thrown off of an overpass. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even really that badly hurt. Mm-hmm. The anger was starting in in full force at that point. Yeah. And that's what kept him from not breaking a leg, from getting up and doing all that. Yeah. Uh I would I would agree. Um Cuz that... then then you look into his eyes and that was the callback toward Loomis looking into the eyes of Michael and seeing what I saw was just pure evil. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So then the book. Yeah. Have you ever read the novelization? Do you know I this whole not. backstory? Okay. No. This goes all the way back to the Celtic celebration of Samhain. Yeah, yes, because they do touch upon it in, I think, Halloween uh, 6. That and I believe for the Halloween, um, I think when Halloween debuted on network television, they went back and filmed an additional scene that was input into the TV release. And I believe it's Loomis. Yes. Talking to like the board, the medical board about Michael. And I think they kind of, I know Halloween 2 touches on Sam Hain, well, specifically in Halloween 2. And you see it written, and I think I remember this right, you see written in either blood or in something yeah. Sam Hain. Mm-hmm. Well, the whole thing is, in, in the novelization, they explain that around what we now call Halloween, spirits roam around. There are good spirits and there are bad spirits. 
and families invite the good spirits in and try to ward off the bad. And how they ward off the bad is with sacrifices and all that other sort of stuff. But the bad is out there. The bad does not die. It is merely transferred. And that, to me, was the only plausible explanation for why Michael could keep going. So if you set up this kid to be the the second vessel of microphone or of Michael Myers of microphone listen to me and <laughs> but when they're battling did you see how much shorter this kid was than Michael Myers like i can't see a, a more diminutive Michael Myers wannabe and you have this like 6 foot 3 Michael and then you've got like 5 foot 7 Michael it just no whatever but if you had begun that in Halloween Kills and ended it with him going into that tunnel and being grabbed by the throat, that would have been really interesting. And then at the beginning of Ends, you see that he was spared by Michael because they had that connection. And the force of evil recognized that he had a healthier vessel in this kid. And that is how Michael would be able to be killed. And then he transferred into the kid who everybody now thinks is normal. And it starts all over again. I, I turned off this. I, mean, I wanted to call you so bad right after. I really did. Are you, are you still there? I can't even hear you. Uh, sorry, I muted while I was drinking water. Oh, that's um, okay. That's okay. Yeah, I, I did. I, I was talking to uh, uh, Anthony. Our, What's up, Anthony Gonzalez? Yeah. Shout out to Anthony Gonzalez. Shout out to, to, to Anthony and, and Pat Ream as well. What um, up? I think Ant's probably watching it now. I know uh, Pat, I think he actually saw it at the same time I was. We just didn't know. Until he said something in the group chat, and then I texted him separately. And it's I I don't know. This was essentially the Star Wars sequels all over again. Yeah, sure was. They had an idea for maybe a movie and a half. Exactly. And didn't know where to go, and right. wrote themselves into a corner. And went back on things that they've blatantly said before that they wouldn't touch and wouldn't do because they just didn't know how to finish it. And yeah. it was just like, you you have to at this point. But they didn't know how. And instead of... Uh, yeah, it, it was not having an obvious game plan on where to go. Yeah. Um, for this trilogy. And not knowing... Because there's way too many questions left. Way too many. Unanswered. That, by the way, so this isn't us just nitpicking these things. As a filmmaker or as a content creator, what have you, a writer, if you're going to tease something, if you're going to raise questions, you're going to have to answer them at some point. Mm -hmm. you, you have to, right? 2018. It was the why. Zartan was obsessed about the why. Why does he do what he do? 
Uh, why does Michael do what he does? Yeah. And primarily, why won't he say say something? That a lot of that was trying to get Michael to talk and to speak to see if maybe there was a shred of humanity left in him, right? Why? What fuels him? But he really wasn't after Laurie, and and he just happened upon Haddonfield again. He went on a killing spree because it's what Michael does, but he was just going to kill and probably come back to his old home again. He happened to find Allison, who then found Zartan, who then let Michael roam, but as in Mike, as Michael's chasing Allison, he happens upon Lori. It's like, it's like going on a side quest and finding a, Oh, Hey, you're here. Great. Mm. Now I can kill you from 40 years ago, but he wasn't checking for her. So you, you have that thread, right? That you have that question. Why, what fuels him? Why doesn't he speak? Is he even human? But David Gordon green goes on record. We're not going the supernatural route. There's obviously an evil force with Michael, right? Mm -hmm. We don't know how he escaped that house fire, but we won't go the supernatural route. And then in the next movie, you you give us these really well done flashbacks to 1978, right? With, with even a Loomis who we all thought was CG and it turned out to be prosthetics and it was great. The mask great. was great. Wonderful, right? Mm -hmm. And you kept focusing on the window. Something about his reflection and the window in that specific spot. You keep bringing it up, so it's not that it's not that we're looking for something that's not there. You are presenting an idea to us, mm. an, an idea that, in turn, as an audience member, we are hoping to gain some form of resolution to. What what does that mean? What what is in his reflection? Is it that he keeps? Is he looking within? He's not looking out. He's looking within. But what is he looking into exactly? What What is it exactly that he's doing? So then here comes this movie. And you bring up Corey Cunningham, which isn't lost on me, right? Michael Myers, Corey Cunningham. I, I, I get what they're trying to do. This, this movie is chock full of unnecessary metaphor, uh, unnecessary metaphors, excuse me. And I told this to Pat. I said, it felt like he got to that last line in the <clears> script of evil doesn't die. It simply changes shape. And he was so proud of himself for coming up with that. Yep. He didn't have any idea on how to tie it together. Right. Because, because if just like you said, Bill, if evil is to take this form and to pass on, I thought that maybe at some point, maybe it was going to transfer into Allison, but... You you spend the prologue of the last film for Halloween that you said this is going to be the last film, right? This is it. All the promotional – this Corey character we had no idea existed until this week. Yep. If that. Yeah, He exactly. hasn't been featured in any – all your advertisement has been Michael versus Laurie. Yep. The final showdown. The posters, everything has been hinting towards this. You spend the prologue of the last movie of this franchise – you spend it setting up this character with an accidental death, right? Yep. Which we can all see was accidental, but Michael lets him live and somehow can see within this kid's memory. Are we then supposed to believe that it wasn't accidental? Because there's nothing presented to us as an audience to go, 
oh yeah, that was definitely diabolical. He 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 intended to murder, even though that kid was a little shit. Right. He intended to he intended to murder the boy. All signs point to yeah, it was an accident. He didn't intend to do that. So what exactly? You know what I mean? Like what? Then what did Michael see within him? Then if it's an accidental death, right? Like what? Because he got bullied. Like Michael wasn't bullied. Michael wasn't bullied. Youth. He was. He, he was, was just troubled. That's right. And so, yeah. So in that, because the way it was cut, you see him kicking on the door, mm. and he's kicking on the door hard, and you can hear yeah. the kid on the other side. Yeah. The parents come in, and then all of a sudden you see the body drop. Yeah. Three stories to his death. So obviously he kicked the door so hard, the kid fell backwards, fell over the balcony, and died. Yeah. What should have been shot is Corey doing the head tilt. Mm. Kind of looking at it like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And that would have been your tie-in. Yes. I'm going to read... Something. Something. I'm going to read you something here. Okay. The horror started on the eve of Samhain in a foggy vale in Northern Ireland at the dawn of the Celtic race. And once it started, it trod the earth forevermore, wreaking its savagery suddenly, swiftly, and with incredible ferocity. Then, its lust sated, it shrank back into the mists of time for a year, a decade, a generation perhaps. But it slept only and did not die, for it could not be killed. Mm. That is the it, not even the full first paragraph of the prologue, and it yeah. explains how. Yeah. Now, furthermore, on page 11... I love it. Now, what's this about problems, she demanded of her daughter. Edith Myers, a younger, darker-eyed replica of her mother, ran a hand through her curly blonde hair. I told you he's been getting into fights at school. At home, too, with Judith. He's been wetting his bed again, and he, does, and he hasn't done that in three years. Fighting about what? Mother, can we just forget? The old woman's eyes narrowed. No, we can't. What kind of trouble is that boy in? Voices. Mrs. Meyer finally blurted out in a minute's tortured pause. He hears voices. Mm. Fucking A. This was the key. Mm-hmm. So, that could have explained how the Corey character could have come into all of this. Yeah. If they had taken the time to at least set him up one movie ago instead of just mm-hmm. now... And then this way, the spirit could have transferred it because the book I just read explains how it could wait for 40 years. It yeah. explains how it transfers. It explains how he never dies. Mm-hmm. But like you said, they had a good movie and a half worth's material and didn't know how to paint themselves, get out of that corner they painted themselves in. Correct. Yeah. Well, and I think. I think the key we're missing here is somehow Palpatine returned. <laughs> <laughs> somehow Palpatine returned. So, somehow. 
Um, I I I absolutely love when Screen Crush does that. By it's the way. awesome when he does that. I always I always I, I love it. I love it. Shout out to Screen Crush and Ryan Airy. For, exactly. Shout out to Ryan Airy. Uh, if you could use that for any type of situation or plot point that you just can't get out of, whatever the, whatever genre, right? Just always throw in. Well, somehow Palpatine. Returned. Somehow it's Palpatine return. Somehow he's back. But you're absolutely right. You know, when you go on record and you say, listen, what made the first Halloween movie work was there were very minimal allusions to the supernatural, but it's never explicitly said, right? Hmm. He's a force. He's a being. It's, it's not a person anymore, right? It's an entity. If you're going to go on record and say that, now you've put yourself into a corner because you better figure out how the hell you're going to get out of this then. If you're going to throw the supernatural out the window, you got to figure, you got to you got to think of something now, right? Because, so, because he's been shot, yep. stabbed. Yep. He's fallen out of his window. Correct. Burning house. Burning house. Mm-hmm. Charred, and they actually did a pretty good job of actually charring up his left hand, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. But maimed. Maimed. And living in a in a water pipe for four years. Four years. How is that not supernaturally done? Yeah. You you really I and I get it worked because John Carpenter never intended to make a sequel. Right. So he can end it like that because we don't know what it is. It's the mystery of what the hell what the hell is Michael Myers. It's right? just what, evil. What it, it's just evil. But the problem is when you go down the sequel route, you need to have a concrete plan on how you don't go on the record and say we're not doing supernatural. Because it's not gonna work. Because it can't on work. paper, you just look at the character. He's been through too much to say it's not supernatural. Right. Right. So something has to, but something has to give here. I'm I'm glad they stuck to their guns and didn't have Michael speak, right? That, yeah. that they teased it in the. But the other part of me is so then why even bring it up in the first movie or or I guess 2018? Why would you constantly bring up the point of wanting to have him speak if he was never going to speak? Don't don't even don't even tease. Don't even because- go down. But but those road. but those guys were podcasters. They wanted to hear him speak because they. But even wanted... Zartan, um, his final words to Michael before he turns his his brain into jelly with that last stump <laughs> was, "Say something," but in a pleading way. Say something well. to let me know, you know. But then you can you can still wrap that up with just one line, like you just read those those paragraphs from. Uh, from the novelization, wrap it up in a line of dialogue. Mm-hmm. He doesn't speak because he's not, he's not human. He's not of this he's not earth. human anymore. Right, he's, right. And here's another big thread that they left, Bill. Officer Hawkins. No, this... What a completely neutered character. Yeah, exactly, this... exactly. We, we thought he died in 2018. We find out he lives in a sequel. Great. He's in the hospital bed. That makes sense. He lost a lot of blood. Yeah. But his flashbacks are all tied into that night. And he's going to be like, I'm going to be the one to kill him. 
So you think, oh, we're going to get a showdown eventually between Hawkins and Mike at some point with Lori, you know, the the two survivors of that night coming together. And no, instead of getting revenge, he's getting meat and talking about cherry blossoms. <laughs> I yep. like, and trying to get all dewy eyed. Yeah, it, yeah, trying to get all dewy eyed with Laurie Strode. Yeah, turning oh, into my Hugh Grant in, in a rom com, and it's like, uh, it, and it, it, like you said perfectly, this was an amalgamation of two or three movies. Yes, because that love story would have worked in mm-hmm. the separate movie of the put-upon yeah. kid in the revenge fantasy. Correct. Because the daughter that he falls in love with belongs to Lori, and Lori is trying to get her life back after, you know, doing whatever is going to fuck up the granddaughter. Yeah. And, you know, she's, you know, the sheriff of the town has always had this flame for her the whole bit. That would have been that great movie over there. Yeah. But... I have to say, you know what, Danny McBride and David Gordon Green, you fucked up. Yeah. I mean, this movie was uh, not good because it, it had good. it had no vision. Nope. And the problem with the with even the Halloween 2 from 1981. I don't even count fucking Rob Zombie's movies. Those were <laughs> those were all, Rob Zombie does nothing but blood porn he does he does nothing but blood and guts porn ignore those they were i went to go see them because they were halloween quite frankly Mm -hmm. and it was a different take on it but whatevs the only good thing to come out of those movies was that michael myers was fucking fast in those movies when tyler main played michael myers he came at you with a quickness which always I always found amusing and 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 the whole stigma of Michael Myers walking slow was really because of Halloween 2. Mm. Because if you look at the original one with um Nick Castle, which I believe was the stuntman who played him in the first one. Yep. He wasn't walking slow. He walked like a normal human being. In fact, the scene where he's chasing Lori across the street he's he's speed walking he's he's not he's he's not taking his sweet old time to get across the street. he's moving with a purpose in fact when he walks in those movies he walks like a normal i, I don't want to say normal normal but he walks with a purpose and it wasn't until the second movie that he had michael walk at a snail's pace at times and and then it just that's how it was from four to five to six and on and on. It was always Michael walks regular speed. And it's like, no, he was, there was a quickness about him. And in and, and zombies movies, he was just a, a brute, Oof. an that's, absolute brute. That's what I liked about those. But anywho, yeah. and I'll say this about Halloween ends really quick. And I'm sorry, people, if we, if we're all over the place, but, but, <laughs> But wanting to talk to David about this all day, if I had talked to him about it before, all this free-forming stream of consciousness about this movie would never happen. So the emotion mm. would not be there if I had collected my thoughts. Kind of like they should have done with this movie. But anywho, yeah. 
you take this kid who you who we think you're setting up to be the heir apparent to Michael, right? And then in a final shot, you change your mind and Michael snaps his neck and kills him. Yeah. Okay. Then what was the point of that kid? Yeah. If he had lived, and actually he did kind of jerk alive. Yeah. We thought he was dead and then he pulled the Michael Myers on us thinking, okay, well, that's how that's supposed to work. Yeah. So Michael changed his mind and said, nah, fuck this kid. I'm, I'm going to off him anyway. Yeah. That that was a problem to me because mm-hmm. that would have been the moment of transfer. Yeah. Because then Michael would have been mortal again. Yeah. And then you could have killed him mm-hmm. and put him in the, the metal grinder, which I thought, <laughs> dude... Yeah. They kept their promise about this being the final one when you literally grind mm. the body up. Yeah. I actually do like that last sequence, though, where they strap him to the car. Yeah. They've bled him out. They bled him out through his neck. They bled him out through his wrist. He is devoid of blood. He is actually dead. Mm-hmm. They strap him to the top of a car and drive him through the town so that the town can have a cathartic moment. They follow them to the junkyard, and Laurie pushes him into the grinder, and we actually see people, Michael's body being chopped up and chewed up. Mm -hmm. I was like, fuck, they really did keep their word about this being the last one. And I was kind of glad about that. That's all fine. But then don't give me this bullshit with Corey, this kid, and, and all of that. Now, but, yeah. going back to Halloween 2, and you mm-hmm. bringing up the good point of there was never a sequel intended. Mm-hmm. The original Halloween is has always been, a t- they've always attempted to remake that movie or mm-hmm. add on to it. And it doesn't work because that is a perfect movie. Sometimes evil is just evil, and, it. and it's inexplicable, and that's fine. But Halloween 2 would have provided, and it did provide back in 1981, the reason why he was still after Laurie. Mm-hmm. Because in Halloween, in Halloween, Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends... Regardless of how he still comes upon Lori, he goes after Lori. If they had truly meant it to be like, well, she was just another person, it really wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. So why go back to his hometown? Why keep going after Lori? So to me, and I think it actually does it in this book, they talk about the sacrifice of one's family mm-hmm. and how to satisfy this evil spirit, one has to kill his entire family. Yep. And that's why the Laurie Strode storyline worked. They should have made Halloween 2 canon, mm. at least parts of it. Yeah. 
you know, they could have even gotten through the you know, the hospital explosion. Like everybody thought that he he died in an explosion. No, he actually didn't die in that explosion. And, you know, then they could have cut to him being in Smith's Grove, standing there all by himself, burned up and shit. And that would have been it still would have worked. Yeah. Like I said, you know, I think Laurie's arc in these three movies should have been established because Michael being the entity that he is, you can always kind of put him where necessary. But if the central figure of this, this current trilogy of movies was to be Laurie and her story, right. And her finally overcoming this evil entity, this boogeyman, then you start with where she is currently and you work your way to her becoming the more radicalized, militarized version that we see in 2018. And then you lead up to the final battle between them. Um, and that's, that's unfortunately, because Michael doesn't speak, I, I <laughs> as is going to sound funny, but I always think of a street fighter. Hmm. And it's M. Bison when he has that conversation, when he talks about, you know, uh, forget the character. I think it was Chun-Li, if I'm not mistaken. And she's telling him about, I never forgot about you. You came and you raped and pillaged and you destroyed my entire tribe and my entire um, town. And you killed all of my family. And he, he recites everything back to her. Like, you know, you speak of this atrocities and the things that I'd done. And this was to you the most important day in your life. But to me, it was just Tuesday. Mm. And I think that applies to Michael. You know, there was something, you know, they, they, uh, October 1st, AMC did a whole Halloween marathon. It was a Sunday. And Halloween one was on. And I was watching it, and it was the scene where Michael is looking at Lori in the school. And the teacher is talking about fate. About fate, yep. So it's, 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 a, it's a balancing act of trying to figure out, was it fate? Something about Lori drew him in. We don't know what it was. And yeah, it could have been just Tuesday. You were my intended victim by all intents and purposes. And I killed mm. everyone around you to get to you. You mm. escaped. But guess what? <laughs> Life goes on for me. You just happen to get away. But like, that's it. And it would have been interesting all these years she, she works through it. And she comes to the realization that, you know, for lack of a better term, shit happens. And for that intended, for that night, you were the intended victim, but you survived. And you, know, you saw your friends go, and as tra traumatizing as it was, you have to move on mm -hmm. and, and, and accept that it happened, but you're in a good place now. Right. But and then, yeah. And I'm sorry, but yeah. building on that... Two things. In the TV version, I think he also wrote the word sister. Yes, he did. Yeah. 
And so when he's looking at her in the school, he's he's tracking his family down because the voices are telling him family. Yeah. Which makes all the sense in the world, as long as you follow the supernatural bent as well. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's where you're, because it makes sense. If you go the supernatural route, everything that you're saying makes total sense because there's an answer for everything. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking more in line of, if you if I'm forced to then cut this out, if I'm forced to cut off the novelization and not include two in canon as as they intended to do, and you just want him to be evil, then you have to there's there is a story to be told here and and the story should revolve around Lori and how she was able to cope and manage. And as I mentioned, she was the intended victim. Something about her drew him in. Mm. We don't know why. We don't know why he killed his sister in the first one. He just did. We don't know. For whatever reason, it was supposed to be her that night. Had she not dropped off that key at under the rock at the Myers house, mm. Michael would have never fixated on her. She was just a girl who was doing a favor for her father mm-hmm. on the way to school. And at that moment, Michael said, it's her. It's, it's some. There's some about that chick. Some about that chick. It's going to be her. But look, she got away, and Michael didn't think about her. Moved on. It's, a, it's a love story. Yeah, Laurie Strode like, right, is well, the one that got away. Yeah, and now Michael the, is obsessed. The the flashbacks and all that still work because mm. it, it can still work with him moving on. And him getting locked up for 40 years. But like I said, it's eventually you see her descent into madness, right? And yeah, this Corey character could have worked if you, hell, if you even introduced him in the first movie Mm -hmm. where he's a part of her, her friend group. At one point when he does kill Corey, when Michael does kill Corey at the end. And the only reason I think if I'm to believe that this, the evil inside of him was looking for a host is because Michael would never kill himself. And there's still a part of Corey that's still human enough to be like, well, fuck it. If I can't have her, you can't, but Michael would never take that. So he's like, fuck it. I'm, I showed you the ropes and this is how you fucking do me. Like, and at, and at that point he just took the mask, right? Like you see him slowly turning into Michael, but I thought at one point Allison was going to pick up the knife when she walks in and it looks terrible. Mm. And okay. All right. Sorry. I know guys, this is all over the place. We didn't rehearse this. There's no structure. There's no bullet points. We are just, we we are firing at the hip here. And this is one of the, the things I have is Allison's story. in this fucking movie makes no goddamn sense. A, The whole I felt connected to you from the moment I heard about your story and I felt drawn to you. That's weird. That's alarming. That's a red flag. Somebody needs to go to therapy. B, what was she doing with that 50-year-old cop who's not 50 years old? (sighs) Apparently, he's in her age range but looks 50. Yeah. And I I'm I think the only reason he was casted is because he looked like Sheriff Brackett from, from the original movie. Yeah. And he is related, weirdly enough, he's his father is the bully 
who bullied her dead ex-boyfriend's father who was also murdered in the last movie right they were part of all that asshole family who just went around bullying people what was what on earth was she possibly doing with him that that was so weird yeah in like a huh Mm-hmm. But it made Allison seem so bizarre. She's drawn to him because she knows what it's like to be stared at. And and it's almost like the movie is calling itself out. It's having a moment of, of, of uh, existential crisis. That whole dialogue when he's like, I'm not your fucking project. Right. You can't fix me. Like, they look at you as a survivor. And I felt like that's the writers going, yeah, what the fuck are we doing here? Why yeah. is she... Why is she so hung up on this guy? On this guy. That she just met, mm-hmm. who clearly has mommy issues and... <laughs> and says the words, I killed someone. Yes! And she doesn't raise a fucking red flag at that point. As a matter of fact, after that, they fall into bed. Oops. Yes. Oops. Let's have sex right now. After I just admitted I killed somebody. And after she kills her co-worker and her asshole boss, right? Or I should say, well, he he gets the boss and Michael gets the girl. Right. Then they're on the rooftop. Not even right after that, they cut to and he's on the motorcycle with her. I'm like, well, yep. when did he have the time? Where's he? Where... I, I, right. And our, <laughs> and our not being able to effectively find the words... Everybody who is still listening to this podcast, and thank you very much for listening to this stream of consciousness, it makes no (laughs) sense to us either. And this, it really just went off the rails with this character. And you touched on something that I do want to bring up. And again, the original Halloween was never meant to have a sequel. Mm -hmm. So Halloween 2... And as a matter of fact, way back when, and you weren't even a glint in your parents' eye, my friend, way back when, although what year were you born? 90. Nope, way back before you were a glint in anybody's (laughs) eye. Back in 1983, when Halloween 3 Season of the Witch came out. Yeah. And everybody was like, where the fuck is Michael Myers? Mm Mm-hmm. They said, okay, maybe we can make this a franchise using the Halloween moniker, the Halloween name, but make it an anthology of stories. Yep. Correct. So that's why you have the masks in Halloween 3. And that is a sucky movie. <laughs> I actually, you know, I went back and watched it and I looked through the lens of right, yeah. it not being a Michael Myers movie. It's not it's horrible. Not- it's not terrible. It's not it's terrible. It's actually pretty good. It's just, it, it un- had the, infor- like you said, it was presented with the Halloween. You called it Halloween 3. Yeah, you called it Halloween 3. That was your mistake. Yeah, and I get why you did it marketing. I mean, this movie's uh, did the same thing by calling it Halloween Ends and having Laurie and Michael all over the promotional art. And we, Michael doesn't show up till 50 fucking minutes. Right. The movie doesn't even start for 50 minutes. Oh, yes. that, oh, oh so, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. So, yeah, that that was one of the things that unfortunately fell under. But I would I would recommend go back and watching Season of the Witch. It's not 
awful. It's actually not. It's it's cheesy, eighties fun. Yeah. But it, it it's good. Like compared to what we just saw, it's uh, it's fucking it's fucking really good. And that is my justification for watching the Star Wars prequels. Mm. Laura says to me, "Why do you watch these? You know you hate them." And I said, "You're right." <laughs> but why I watch them is because at least they had a clear point of view. Mm-hmm. They may have been shit. They may have been horribly acted, especially yeah. Attack of the Clones. Poof. But at least they had a vision from one to three of what was going to happen, how it was going to happen. And it is that yeah. that makes me say, okay, one, two, and three are canon. Mm-hmm. Rogue One is obviously canon because that's a great movie. It's been the best Star Wars movie in I don't know how long. In how long. Yeah. And then when you get to, well, somehow Palpatine returns. <laughs> Because you have you because you have somebody at the helm who doesn't really give a shit about Star Wars as, as the head the of Disney, and then you have two different directors. You have one director, J.J. Abrams, who is starting to move in the right direction, mm-hmm. and then you take a solid ninety degree turn with Ryan Johnson. <sighs> solid ninety degree turn, and you just and not only do you take a ninety degree turn, you hit the you put the pedal to the metal, and yeah. you go at hundred and twenty miles an hour. Yeah. Into a different direction. Irreparable. That that I could just sum up with fuel. Yeah. And then you have to have the original director come back, stop that car, turn mm-hmm. on the GPS, find a way back to the original road by saying somehow Palpatine returned. Yep. Nostalgia. I, bring, I Right. And I bring all of that up because Danny McBride and... Uh, what's the other guy's name? David Gordon Green. David Gordon Green. Threw so many Easter eggs in all of these movies to pay fan service when what they should have fucking done was sit down and actually write a good set of scripts. It's because in this movie, did you notice that Lindsay is in this movie too? She didn't do yeah. shit in this Didn't do movie. shit. Didn't do shit. And... When you have the original characters, now even though you killed Tommy Doyle, God. played by, yeah I know played by uh, Anthony Michael Hall in in Kills, you should have stuck to your core characters mm-hmm. when you try to bring something full circle, yeah. and the black sheriff dude in the cowboy hat getting out of the car in the last fucking frame of the yeah. movie. Who is obviously, and and I am a fat, half-black man myself, so when I say this, I say this with some love and some fried chicken. <laughs> that boy looks different than he did in the Halloween Kills. Just like, a little bit. First of all, that he's still sheriff. That he's, <laughs> yes. How? I don't even know. They bring back the kid. Uh, right, right. From the, 2018. From, from 2018. And he's yeah. doing the walk. And they did that that walk like the end of Avengers Endgame. Yeah. At the funeral scene. Uh-huh. Where like, oh, who's that kid? Oh, that's the yeah. kid from Iron Man 3. 
and and you could tell that they thought that the audience would lose their minds or it, it was earned yeah you could have scrapped this whole Corey bullshit and really like you said focus in number one the time jump you screwed yourself you screwed by, yourself you screwed yourself by jumping ahead um four years and not really giving a reason why you jumped ahead mm-hmm there was no if you're gonna how great it would have been if we had three movies take place in the same night, yeah. essentially. Yeah. That or would it, have been fucking cool. Yeah. And and what and and the whole thing about all these movies is that they always take place on fucking Halloween. Yeah. All right, fine. <sighs> <laughs> but the house fire. Yeah. The house fire which should have killed Michael because she made a murder room in the house. Yes. A very specific murder room. Correct. Which apparently had a safe room built within it that was flame proof, mm. <laughs> which I can only assume was for her mm -hmm. if needed be. If she needed to trap Michael down there or somebody worked in tandem with her to trap Michael down there, and yeah. she was trapped down there also. I could even explain that away. But what pisses me off so much is that they tried so hard. And it was like they, 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 they smoked some weed, ate some pizza, drank a lot of beer, came up with all these characters, but didn't think about what they had set up already. Like yeah. the kid from 2018. Like, yeah. like, uh, like, um, Lindsay. Yeah. Bring back all the survivors in a final, in a final manhunt. Correct. That, that scene and kills that end scene with the mob would have worked before the, the, what it was a wood chipper or the, what do they put them in? The, uh, the, the, the metal grinder, the grinder. If you have the scene with the mob, as well because that that uh, i'm sorry <laughs> no go ahead you get they he got married to the idea of the evil being infectious and that somehow michael come back came michael coming back infected the town mm. and i know that david gordon green said it was going there was going to be some again it's almost like he, he took that one line of dialogue of evil never dies. It, it just takes another shape. Slammed down his MacBook. Masturbated in a very self-gratifying way. <laughs> did a line of cocaine and said, boys, <laughs> I figured it out. Because he, he talks oh. in so... There's so many unnecessary metaphors in this movie. Yeah. In this franchise as a whole. But he talked about like he would touch on COVID. Right. And now I see what he means by that with the infection. He, here's what here's where they uh, they lost the plot. Right. We do not give a fuck about Haddonfield. It just so happens to be a backdrop of a movie that we love. It just so happens to be the town where these things take place. Mm -hmm. But Halloween has never been about Haddonfield. Halloween has been about. Michael Myers, evil, and Laurie, 
with sprinkled in with a supporting cast. But that's what made Halloween work, right? So if you're going to marry yourself to this idea that the town became infected, the town turned into this mob mentality and then forced the mental patient to jump out of a window and then uh, then winds up getting slaughtered and, and Michael becomes the personification of fear. If you're going to be married to this idea about Haddonfield, then why at the last movie you're gonna you're gonna wait to have the battle between Laurie and Michael that's gonna be the climax and then Allison gets involved which she doesn't do much but break his arm um mm -hmm. right and then you invite the town people just to witness the 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 killing it, again it's like they had pieces of them if you take this franchise and chop it up like a like a jigsaw Sorry, that's the, the wrong ability. franchise. I want to play again. <laughs> if you rearrange the pieces, right, mm -hmm. you actually can come up with a cohesive storyline. Yeah. If you chop up and edit it yourself, which I'm sure somebody's going to do, somebody's going to find a way to take this scene and put it here and take that and move it. And, and take out some shit. Yeah. Yeah. You actually have a very cohesive story, uh, story that happens. Mm -hmm. Because why you keep talking about the town and this town? It's not the town. It's not. It's never the town. been about the town. No, the town is. It's, who cares? It's a backdrop. Right. It could could take place in Patuka, Kentucky, for all we care. It doesn't matter. Right. That's not. And again, when you when you want to get so philosophical, when you want to get so metaphorical, you hit the. You touched on something. The art house appeal to it. This felt like. Bloomhouse said, hey, listen, those A24 horror movies, you know, those avant-garde horror movies that mm -hmm. A24 are making, mm -hmm. they seem to be doing really good. Mm -hmm. Why don't we try to make one of those things and then just kind of slap Halloween on top of it? And thank you. And, and that actually brings up another thing about sequels as well. I actually do blame very, very, very much the studio system. Mm-hmm. When And I blame the studio system because, you know, 40 years ago, 45 years ago, whatever the hell, nobody knew, you know, Danny McBride and David Gordon Green were going to exist and there were going to be all these whatevers. But the studio system has always been tried and true like death, taxes, and you might as well add the word sequels to that. Mm -hmm. If something is popular... The studio bean counters are always going to say, "Hey, let's milk this, man. Let's make oh, yeah. some. Let's make some money." Now, the artistic filmmaker would say, "No, this is my." John Carpenter tried that. Yeah. Like, no, this was never meant to have a sequel. Mm -hmm. Well, Mr. Carpenter, here's a lot of money. Mm. <laughs> well, then, fuck it. I'll, I'll, right. I'll, I'll slap this. I won't direct it. I'll produce it. I'll write it, but I won't direct it. Okay. Here's money. Yeah. And not to mention, well, there's this other franchise out here, Friday the 13th, and we got to one-up them. So we need the kills to be bloodier. And, 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 and where it started to fail was that they showed the killer too much. Mm -hmm. These movies, and, I will, and, and the further you go along this story, and I believe me, I saw every one of the Michael Myers movies in a movie theater. 
I saw one, two, I actually even saw three, four, five, six, Resurrection, H2O, and uh, wait, and the one with Busta Rhymes. Which one that was, was that one? That was Resurrection? That was really bad. Well, yeah. wait. Uh, well, yeah, it was terrible. But it had Katie mm-hmm. Sackoff in it, so that was good. Yeah. Uh, um, But wait, you had six, and then you had oh, you H2O, right. and then yep. you had uh, Resurrection. Resurrection. And then after that, you had Rob Zombie. And, and yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, he sharded the bed on that in those yeah. movies, too. And then you come across these. Mm-hmm. And all of this goes to Miramax and Trankus and, and Universal saying, we have a franchise here. Let's squeeze some more blood out of a stone. Mm-hmm. They did it with Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they did it with Star Wars. Oh yeah, they 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 do it because they can. Yeah, IP. And That's and the name of the game. Yep, yeah, and we eat it up. Me and you eat it up because mm-hmm. we are hopeful for some good content. Correct. That we had two guys at the helm of these movies saying we yep. love these movies. We are making movies for the fans who love this, and yeah. it is it is a designed trilogy, and there will only be three. Okay, I believe you, and you let me down. Yeah. I am so glad I did not pay for this movie mm-hmm. that I will go on record and say I hope this bombs. And I and I I I don't ever want to throw shade at Jamie Lee Curtis because I do believe that especially these days she is using her powers for good, yes. and she has earned and you and you use the word a lot about earning, she yeah. has earned the right to be as out there with her opinions and 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 Absolutely. her everything. So I give mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis all all the props. Correct. I even love the fact that she said she would come back and she did this and she did this in H2O and and she did it in Resurrection because wasn't she killed at the beginning of Resurrection? She was, yeah. But she said, I will come back to these movies as long as Laurie is fucked up. She has to be damaged by her experience. Mm-hmm. She has stuck to her guns about that and I and I really applaud that. But these guys, these guys, <laughs> they just n- nosedive. Didn't do a Kevin Feige. Mm. They didn't sit themselves while they were having their weed and their pizza and their beer and put a big bulletin board on their wall and say, we have to, these are the story points that we need to hit on. Here is our timeline. Where are these things going to go and write a script from there? No. They wrote a script first and then tried to figure out what to do after that. Yeah. So if you're still with us on this podcast, then thank you very much for that. Yes. The reason I am glad that I did not pay for this is because not only to say, to be kind to it, it is two separate movies. Mm-hmm. There are there are good bits to both of those movies, as David said, especially when you take little bits here and here and there and everywhere from all of them. 
you mm-hmm. actually have a pretty great Halloween direct sequel. Mm-hmm. However, the movie does not start until 50 minutes into it. And you're right. I actually did look at the clock and I paused it to see how far into the movie I was until you actually started to get Michael Myers into it. You have a movie named Halloween and Michael is really nowhere to be seen mm-hmm. substantially until 50 minutes into it. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. And does it's he's inconsequential. Ah. He he is he's I, I hate to say this. He he's a, a lap dog. Not even a lap dog. He he's an attack dog for this Corey character. Yeah. It's all about the Corey character. And I would have been fine with that if he had been the new vessel. Mm. But because they decided not to do the supernatural thing, there was another corner they painted themselves into, which is why Corey had to buy it. Correct. And, and you know, Willem Dafoe Jr., because uh, <laughs> he does bear a very, oh my God. very strong resemblance to Willem Dafoe. Yes. Um. Again, there, there's. I was trying to see the homages to the sequels because they said that there was homages to like four, five, and I think six. There were, there absolutely and were. That's why I was hoping Allison would have picked up the knife. Maybe that's why she found herself drawn to to, to this gentleman. Like he asked Alice, he Corey asks her. Did you survive or did he let you live? And something small like that, you have a thread, a tan- something tangible that you can mm. really sink your teeth into. Oh, that's interesting. Actually, that would have been a great twist. Like you think it's going to be Corey, but the real new vessel is actually Allison. Correct. That would have been a kick-ass twist. But she somehow is able to whatever, whether overcome it or move past it and decide that she's no longer going to let this evil take over. But it was just very, even to see Michael become possessed was something we had never truly seen in the movies before ever. Even then the ones that really went the supernatural route, we, like you said, when he kills the cop and then he starts shaking and he gets more powerful and you're like, wait, this guy's, clearly being possessed and this is the first time we've acknowledged it i thought we weren't going supernatural here right but we we are we're, we're here he's powering up when he yes. makes a kill it's like all it's it's like highlander and the quickening yep what are you doing yeah it, it was like like you said bill you you were very succinct in your point of of Everything's about prop, uh, you know, intellectual property nowadays. With all these, sh- there's a new streaming platform that pops up every fucking day. So now the name of the game is intellectual property, right? Disney owns half the world, if not all of it. So Marvel, Star Wars, they already have a monopoly there. That's an infinitesimal amount of intellectual property. So long as Marvel exists, they're always going to have means to have something to make. Star Wars, the same thing. Right. So now everyone's scratching and clawing. That's why Amazon paid so much money for the Lord of the Rings and why that's going on, like you said. But 
Do, did we really need a Lord of the Rings prequel s- series? No. Absolutely not. Did, did we even need a Star Trek Picard series? I'm not saying if whether it's good or bad or whether or not you enjoyed it. Just on its... Did we was it necessary? Not that no. it wasn't good. No. It wasn't necessary. It was not necessary. But at the very least, it it introduced new characters in a continuation of not the same story. Mm. Yeah. So I'm willing to be on that train. Yes. And season two was way be- better than season one, but at least they took the character and gave mm-hmm. him something new to do. Yeah, but again, just talking strictly on whether or not it was was warranted, right? Because everyone's everyone's on edge, right? Mm-hmm. For the lack of a better term, everyone's walking on eggshells. Everyone's one. Uh, bad day away or a stressful event away of completely fucking losing it on somebody, right? Mm. So all we have to cling to is member berries, nostalgia, and these executives instead of pushing something new, right? Something like Halloween 2018, does it have its, its fault? Is it perfect? No, it is not by any stretch of the imagination. But you can tell, Bill, like you said, 2018 was a labor of love and a thank you to the fans, to John Carpenter, who was involved. You can just tell he was more heavily involved with with 2018. If they decided to stick to their guns about that or at least space it out, right? Because we waited all this time for a new Halloween movie to begin with, if you really think about it. Mm. So... If you if you do that movie and then space it out, right? Give it time to breathe. Yeah. Come to the plate. Get, give yourself give yourself space to win. <laughs> give yourself the opportunity to win. And I just think I don't even know if I can blame Danny McBride. I'll be honest with you. I felt like after the first one, he kind of his influence started going away more and more, and it was more David Gordon Green's influence, I feel like. And it could maybe, just be me. And maybe. But and that's there what were it four felt writers like. on this movie, if you notice Which the credits. For, it, an hour, for a movie f- that was an hour and 50 minutes long, that seems excessive. It seems excessive because then... And and they were all ampersands. So and 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 here's a little Easter egg for everybody out there as well who's still listening, and thank you to the two of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If in a writing credit, a directing credit or whatever, especially a writing credit, you see the word and, A-N-D, it means that writer A, David Rivera, Mm -hmm. wrote a script independent of writer B, Bill Larson. But Bill Larson contributed enough to the revision that both of them got credit. Neither of them were in the same room with each other. If you see an ampersand, it means that David and I got some weed, had some pizza, got some beer, and we both banged out the same same script yep. at the same time. That is what that means in Hollywood in Hollywoodland. Mm-hmm. All of those and... writers were ampersanded, so they were all in the same room. 
smoking the, smoking the weed, eating the pizza, drinking the beer. What's so, scarier is this was probably done stone cold sober. St- stone cold sober <laughs> because they didn't know yeah. what to do. I, I just – that and I honestly think that he thought that – and I went on the Reddit, the subreddit, and there were some people on there who were – let me see if I can pull it up really quickly. And again, yeah. thank you for. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Don't be sorry, sorry. To Patty, for the editing. No, 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 no. But but here's the thing about a show like this. I'm not going to. Because yeah. very much because while these movies needed some editing, mm-hmm. we what we're talking about is our problems with this movie. And if I were to take out one part of that, you might miss why we're talking about something else. And I and the only the only thing I'm going to edit out is and nobody will ever see this know about this is when you stepped away from from the microphone for a hot minute. Yeah. That being said. This movie is going to fail. It is going to fail because real fans like me and you are going to be like, what was this shit? Mm-hmm. Casual fans are going to go, meh. And people dragged to this are going to go, what was this shit? No one is going to be truly happy. And they had such an opportunity to write the ship. Because this movie, and and here is where everybody had to be on board, at the film company, all of the producers and everything, they killed Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Definitively. Mm-hmm. There was no question. They bled him out. Nailed him to the table, not unchristlike, by the way. Yes. Nailed him to the table, bled him out, sliced his throat, cut his wrist, drove him through town, and put him in a metal grinder. And you saw, you mm-hmm. I, I, folks, I cannot stress this enough. No, we, we, yeah. You literally saw his body shredded. Yeah. And I think they did that also because, you you know, there is this whole thing. If you didn't see the body, it didn't happen. Oh, yeah. This, no, it, it happened. It, it happened. So either way, you are killing your franchise. I just wish they could have done it better. Yeah. You know what's the scary part is... Not in this movie. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Bloomhouse said this would not be the last film. It would only be the last film under Bloomhouse because the rights are reverting back to, you guessed it, the Akkad family. Well, of course. Uh, Did I tell you I ever I, – I, I got I to tell you this too. Here's a fun aside. Tragic yeah. though, but fun. I actually met Mustafa Akkad. Oh, did you? Way back when, me and my friend Mike Alexander, shout out to Mike Alexander forever. Mike. 
He and I went to the 25th anniversary celebration of Halloween in Pasadena, California. They had a big old convention about it. And we made friends with a guy. And Mike is still friends with this guy to this day. And, and he was invaluable to us because this guy was a volunteer there. And he knew everything. He knew all the ins and outs and how to get us there. And, there was a, and we were collecting autographs left and right that weekend. Holy shit. I have never collected so many autographs in my life. But he said after this Q&A, because Mustafa Akkad was in the room, and they were judging a scream contest, and the winner would, would maybe have a bit part in the new Halloween movie that was being made. All right. So our friends said, hey, don't stand back here. Stand over there. And sure enough, we did. And not only did I get Erwin Yablons's autograph, I got Mustafa Akkad's autograph on that's my little pretty, poster. That's pretty that, cool. That's actually pretty fucking cool. Pretty fucking cool. So but, I wanted to read this for yeah, you really quickly. This was on the Halloween subreddit, which was <laughs> a lot of people uh, complaining, rightfully so. And this person tried. They they really tried, bless their heart, to come up with the logic in their mind. And it's bad when people who don't have any experience in the field come up with better explanations than what we are presented mm. by an actual movie studio. Give it to me. So he says, number one, I'll admit I'm still a little puzzled by the window thing, but I think Hawkins was ultimately right. Michael wasn't looking out, he was looking in as his reflection. The first scene between him and Corey seems to confirm this. Perhaps Michael wants to understand why he is the way he is, and he let Corey live because he both literally and metaphorically saw himself in Corey. I, number two, I don't think Kills was trying to foreshadow that Hawkins was destined to fight Michael. Looking back with the context of the primary theme of ends, whether or not we let evil in, as Laurie put it, Hawkins' arc in Kills was about moving on and forgiving himself for what he perceived as his mistakes. Hawkins wanted to kill Michael at the beginning of the movie because he thought the 2018 massacre was his fault because he was the one who saved Michael's life in 1978. But Laurie made him see that's not the case. He was a good man because even seeing Michael's evil up close, he didn't let it in and tried to do what was right. And the mob outside the, their door, who did let the evil in, ended up killing an innocent man. I'm happy Hawkins got peace and ends rather than continue to be controlled by that guilt. Number three, Lori, Lori wasn't trying to imply that Michael himself was literally transcending into something beyond human. She said as much clearly. He was transcending into fear, something that could infect others. Michael's evils proliferates through those that aren't like Hawkins, those who do let the evil in like Corey did. That is how Michael transcends. Even when he's rotting away in a sewer, his legacy is powerful, more powerful than any single man could be. Wow. That I can appreciate. The issue is the execution. Yeah. And that's all... That's that's where our critique comes from. It's okay to have these thematic elements. It's okay to get metaphorical. 
It's okay to ask these questions. It is fine. But it all boils down to the execution. Do we let evil in? Now we introduce, like you said, Bill, this new vessel who clearly let evil in. Clearly. But he kills himself to make way so that way, again, write my, writing yourself into a corner, you went all in on Corey and then went, you know, we've really marketed this movie to be Laurie versus Michael and we've given everything to Corey. So what yeah. do we do? Yeah. Uh, he I'm, kills himself because he can't have Allison. And he's going to frame Laurie for it. Which, again, going back to Allison's arc, she she comes in and sees Corey in a jumper suit. And even though Laurie is holding the knife in her hand, there is a literal Michael Myers mask to the directly right next, next to, to Corey's right. body. Right, right. So do you think your grandmother in her quote-unquote obsession found Corey, dressed him up in <laughs> Dickie's overalls, yeah. found a Michael Myers, aged the Michael Myers mask, found time to burn it. With the creme brulee uh, thing that she had going on in the kitchen. Correct. <laughs> found the time to burn it to get it movie accurate, put it next to Corey's dead carcass. Do you think? Stop and consider it. Oh, even if you think she killed him, look at how he's dressed. Right. Yeah. Don't you take a second to stand back and go, oh, my God, you killed. Why is he dressed like Michael Myers? Yeah. Well, that would be the f I would be absolutely. Yes. You'd be shocked. You're watching this person die. My follow up question after why did you do it is, wait a second. Why is he dressed like Michael Myers? Uh May I piggyback on something? Absolutely. Uh, two things. One that I thought was absolutely kind of brilliant. The homage to Halloween 4 was that when he went to that Halloween party, Corey, he had a clown mask on. In Halloween 4, the little girl wore a clown outfit very similar to the one that Michael Myers wore in the original Halloween. At the end of Halloween 4, when she is standing over Loomis with the mask on and she's got a bloody knife, and he's like, no, 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 no. like the evil has transferred. Mm -hmm. Great ending, by the way. That was a very good ending. It was a very good ending. And it gave credence to the fact that the evil can transfer. The whole homage in this movie was that mask. And that's what led me to believe, okay, Corey is the new Michael Myers. Mm. So there was that. Um, I, I, I <laughs> That person in the subreddit really gave a lot of love and tried to... <laughs> Offer a lot grace. Of, a lot of grace. They gave the movie a lot of grace. If you have to, and, and again, the 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 reasoning is sound. Mm. It all boils down to the execution of yeah. it. Yeah. If you really like, I shouldn't have to really watch the movie two or three. 
Yes, there are some movies where you pick up new details when you watch it every single time, right? Mm -hmm. But it isn't essential to the viewing. Nope. You can watch a movie two or three times to pick up on new things, but you should not have to gain a better understanding of the movie after multiple viewings. Mm -mm. That first viewing should tell you right away if it's good or not. And if that first viewing is good, that means you're probably going to rewatch it again. Probably. Which means maybe you will pick up on some new things. Mm -hmm. But if your first impression of the movie of, is just as a movie, this is bad, then your rewatchability drastically goes down. And therefore, you're not going to pick up on these nuances, regardless of whether you're. I'm a huge, like you said, I'm a huge hollow. This is my favorite horror movie franchise. Mm. And here I am, that day that they did the marathon, I'm watching four and five and going, you know. Five was a bit cheesy, but even four wasn't that bad. No, actually, you were you were born in what year? Ninety. Way before you were a glint in somebody's eye, young Bill Larson, seventeen years old, was sitting in a movie theater. Let me paint a picture for you: sitting in his movie theater with his little bucket of popcorn, mm. a nice little rotund mixed boy was just sitting around. And the lights went down and the screen flickered on and saw the words Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers. I went, squee, this is awesome. This is going to be great. <laughs> and there were bits and pieces in that movie that were brilliant. Because they at least, first of all, had Donald Pleasance rest his soul. And he really was kind of the heart and soul of all these movies and, hey, and all was. of that. He really, truly was. But at least they tried to navigate through the hole that they dug for themselves mm -hmm. and gave you a reason. And this is why I liken all of those movies to the prequels of Star Wars. The reasons may have been shit. They may have been introduced badly, like you said, the execution of them. But I'll tell you what, in Halloween 5... When you saw that man in black get off that bus mm -hmm. and uh, and you didn't see his face, all you saw was boots and you knew that was going to come in somewhere along the line. And then at the end of that movie, when that person blows away every cop in the in the police station and steals Michael Myers, you go, holy shit, that was kind of mm -hmm. cool. <laughs> Those movies while not executed the best they could have been, at least had a clearer vision. Yes, there was a, there was a story. And I think four, correct me if I'm wrong, went into production. I don't think the script was done on I don't four. Even, I don't even remember. I, I'll send you, there's a YouTube video. I'll send you the, uh, the, the oh, clip I think for I've it. Seen, I found I like I've a retrospective. This. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I saw... In a little thumbnail, because the algorithm yeah. was like, "Hey, look at you! You yeah, like, it was like this the story, kind of the stuff. production of, yeah. of Halloween Four, and if yeah. I'm not mistaken, yeah, forward that to me. I'll watch that. Yeah, that uh, they went into production with an unfinished script, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but like you said, are, are the I think the prequels get a lot more love now. Because of how bad the sequels were, yes. and how badly they fumbled it. Precisely, and Precisely. there was a singular vision. And I do believe at some point, 
there may have been a vision here, but I think they got all hidey tidy and got on their high horse. And like I said, it's the A24 art houseification of it's it's we've reached the new genre in horror, which is great. Like, uh, what's that movie that just came out that got Pat told me that this was the best horror movie he had seen in a, in a, over a decade. Smile. Um, no, uh, it starts with an S. Uh, it was like, um, let me check Rotten Tomatoes. It was super highly rated, and it's like really. Oh, Samaritan. Yes, that is one he saw, and it was the he said best horror movie he has seen in however many years, and that was a true horror movie, right? Because I don't consider Hereditary or Midsummer or. Um, I forget the other one from A24. I don't consider those horror movies. They are on and 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 they're more like a psychological psych- horror. Exactly, exactly. But I don't consider them truly tradi- but I mean they still fall under the horror genre. But either way, that's what's popular now and you can tell it was almost like a slight like oh you're still I feel like he went to a party after 2018 came out. And they were riding high and they were like, oh, yeah, we did really well. You know, people really liked it, uh, did well financially. The fans, all the fans were really on board with it. And they're looking forward to something new. And he went to this Hollywood party and I felt like someone went up to him like, yeah, he's still doing that slasher shit. And it's like he went and was like, oh, how dare they think I'm doing this slasher yeah. shit. Fuck this. Yeah. I'll show them slasher shit. And then went completely balls to the wall in Halloween Kills like the more the most destructive we have ever seen michael ever be in a movie and then yeah and then in this one it was like oh slasher shit huh okay i'll show you watch i'm gonna go and make this whole big love story just bullshit i i remember i texted and probably after the prologue the fact that we didn't even get the font, mm. the Halloween font, they give us blue letters, which what the fuck is that? Mm. I was fine with the pumpkins and I, again, metaphors for the sake of metaphors, pumpkins uh, breaking into more pumpkins. and. But it would have been better if the pumpkins breaking into more pumpkins would have started with the one that began the first Halloween, broke away to the one that was in the second Halloween, and showed you the different pumpkins from the different Halloween movies. So that's what I thought, too. I'm waiting for the breakdown. Uh, shout out to to uh, Ryan Aries, Green Crush, Again, New Rock Stars. Exactly. I can't Heavy wait spoilers. to see that. All three of those channels oh, um, yeah. waiting for that i'm almost positive they're gonna slow it down and be like hey that's the pumpkin from this movie that's the pumpkin from that movie i'm pretty sure they're gonna do that yeah but again it was just jarring as a halloween fan you you wait for those credits right and for it for, a for the movie to to start how it did where it's like who who is this i don't why are you showing me a child dying Oh, right. And you typically don't see a child die like that in a movie. You really don't. And this kid, even though it's it's kind of off off screen, it's kind of on screen. 
and it's and, very on screen and and like brutal like wow that i was uncomfortable i have yeah, a son that age i know so you like, do that was like i was like oh uh, that makes me very like yeah he was an annoying little shit but like still it's a child that fucking fell to their and that's how you're starting your who it, i it's like you don't want to meet be rude but you're like i don't what is this the last time we were in this universe our main protagonist had her mm. daughter murdered what is this here's another thing too they made it a very big point of him being claustrophobic Corey. Mm. Why was he claustrophobic? Why did he need to get out of that room as if his life depended on it? <laughs> yeah, it, was he really scared? If he if he had been written into 2018 and chased and was one of the original survivors. Yeah. Now here's something too. Sorry, sorry for our one listener who's still kicking around and we appreciate you we appreciate you we appreciate you wherever you are if he had been one of the original survivors from 2018 right mm -hmm. you still could have had him be like the kid who got his pumpkin squished in the original halloween except this is what happens to a kid like that his anger yeah. builds but he's still a survivor. And part of why he was a survivor is he was trapped. He, you know, he was trapped in the dark in a closet fighting for his life. And that's what made him frightened to, to his very core. So being in a trapped room was, was triggering for him. But instead, you get a character we have seen neither hide nor hair of in this movie, all of a sudden getting freaked out that he's locked in a room by a little shit, what, seven, eight-year-old? Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're locked in a seven or eight-year-old's room. All right. And you could kick down the door, sure, but he was freaking out. Yeah. Where did that come from? There was no yeah. backstory for that. And if you yeah. had taken that character and essentially made him the anti-Laurie Strode, like Laurie Strode kept her humanity. Laurie Strode kept the to the side of good and fighting instead of this kid who did survive but went down the path of evil. Evil. That evil. <laughs> Not evil enough. Um. Then you would have had. Oh my God! It would have been so much better. Yeah, because then it's like, all right, so not every villain needs to be a fucking sympathetic figure. I don't need to see that his mom was a basket case. Right. I Yeah, I don't need that. And he calls her mommy. Huh. And he drinks, he literally drank chocolate milk. They're tr it's so... Ham fisted that this kid's the I know. you know what I mean? But that that even harkens back to the Rob Zombie Halloweens where mm -hmm. the kid was abused and was in this white trash family where the where the stepdad was maybe or maybe not doing the daughter and, and just oh it was uh, it was an ugly movie. That's a that's a very 
Yeah. It was an it was an ugly it was a viscerally visceral ugly movie. Yeah. And and so the bits that could be salvaged from Halloween ends could have made 2018 and kills even better. Mm-hmm. If instead of getting high, eating a pizza and drinking some beer, they actually sat down and said, how are we going to move through this? What would, what would Kevin Feige do? Mm-hmm. Which leads me to something else. And and we have to stop pretty soon because we're already pretty at an soon. hour and yeah, we're, we're, yeah. we're already, <laughs> we're already there. Basically, people, Halloween ends. You really, truly only need to watch like the last 10 minutes. If you give a shit, that's all you need. And And seriously, you could turn on Peacock. It'll be there for 60 days. Go to Peacock. Fast forward to the movie until you get to like 10 minutes toward the end, 10, 15 minutes. I don't even know. Watch that. Yeah. You are, I, I, you are literally not missing a thing if you do that. Not a damn thing. Watch that. And then go back and watch 1978. And then go back and watch 1978, which is a perfect movie. That being said, and I have to say this because we've dropped a couple of nuggets about Kevin Feige and all this. She-Hulk is the shit. Yeah. I, (laughs) wow. I know. Talk about sticking the landing, which a lot of the shows from Marvel have not done. Oh, my God. I I will admit the middle portion of She-Hulk, I was was still entertained, but it was still like, uh, okay, all right, like, Probably episodes six and seven, I want to say, a little bit of five. I definitely started to feel, all right, this is getting a little long in the tooth. Like, it didn't, I wasn't sure what, it it wasn't, the show wasn't sure what it wanted to be. Did it want to be a weekly, a weekly legal drama or a weekly legal comedy? Or did it want to focus on building other things? We don't know, but I will say uh, episodes eight and nine and oh that finale. God. That finale was meta and beautifully done. Tremendous. And I'll tell you what, probably next to WandaVision for my favorite Marvel series, mm. followed immediately probably by Loki. Yeah. And I, and I say that because... You do not need to see any of the other Marvel movies to watch She-Hulk. The other series depend greatly mm-hmm. on you seeing everything else, with the possible yep. exception of Moon Knight. Uh, yeah, Moon Knight, you don't need to see anything else because it, it really doesn't... It doesn't touch on it much. It doesn't no. touch on it much at all now that I'm thinking about it, but... Things like Hawkeye, definitely WandaVision, holy shit, Loki. A lot of those other shows depend greatly on you having seen and having a background in not just a couple of Marvel movies, but all of them. Yeah. She-Hulk, 
And I know we're kind of tacking this on to, you know, our diatribe of an hour and 45 minutes about how <laughs> bad Halloween ended. Um, but I wanted to to end this show on a positive note to say if you have not seen She-Hulk, you should. It Yes, there are a lot of references to the comics in this show. And if you do watch Screen Crush, especially, or New Rock Stars or something like mm-hmm. that, they point out all of all of these Easter eggs and what these references are and all that. Because you, what Marvel has done is two things. One, it teaches us to stay through all of the credits. Number two, it it puts things very deliberately in the background that people like New Rock Stars and Screen Crush freeze frame and blow up and and look at to give you hints about what's going on and what will be happening and so forth and Mm -hmm. so on. That being said, on the surface, She-Hulk, you could jump into it and be completely entertained. Mm -hmm. It is pro-woman. It is funny. It is so lighthearted and done very well and breaks the fourth wall. And it even makes fun of Disney Plus, too, which I which I found hilarious. Yeah. So if you have not seen any of the Marvel stuff and you are not sure about the Marvel stuff because there's so much and it's daunting, watch She-Hulk. Yeah. That is a great way to jump into the kiddie pool of Marvel. Yeah. It's good. That's well put. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because you really need to tread water in the deep end to watch something like Loki or WandaVision mm. or something like that. Yeah. She-Hulk is awesome, and it ended awesome. I can't wait to see what they do with her. And Tatiana Maslany, holy shit, was she perfect for this part? Very yes. Oh my god, I did. I did really like how great the CGI on. She Hulk looked in the finale. Yeah. And I hope and that's kind of the benefit of streaming. Yeah. That they patch in for the earlier episodes. Because that's the great thing about streaming is you can always go back and touch up what needs to be. Well they did that with um they did that with Luke Skywalker in The Mandalorian season two. Mm. They went back and patched him up with the deep fake that somebody else had made up for his end sequence. Oh, by the way, spoiler alert, Luke Skywalker and Baby Yoda in the same room, brah. <laughs> um, but, you know, somebody saw how kind of shitty that that CGI yeah. was, did a deep fake, did a way better job. Disney hired him, and they redid the streaming version, and now you can see that. So I think you're right. I think they will do that. Yeah. But... Talk about two, you know, two properties that, oh, and the last thing I will say, I was with Laura's family tonight, awesome bunch of people, and we got to talking about streaming. Mm. Oh, have you seen this show? Have you seen that show? Oh my God, this show is so great. And I, and I slipped up and revealed my 1970s and said, what channel is that on? And... (laughs) But we started talking about all these shows and how much content there is. Overload. Overload. And and oversaturation of platforms yet. 
so bringing this full circle, She-Hulk is worth it because it's one of those shows that, that even if you didn't plan on watching it and you do listen to us and you give it a shot, I think you might be entertained. And it's certainly fun. And actually, I would play that, well, maybe not for a little girl, but for like a preteen. Because I think it has definite positive messages in it. Mm. But Halloween ends. <laughs> I am glad that it's streamed for free. Yeah. That was done on purpose. But that, oh yeah. But I but that actually was a strategy that they did all the way back from 2018 as well. I thought it was just with uh with kills. Kills, yeah. Maybe that's when Peacock first launched. Maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you're right. But I knew it was trash then. <laughs> oh my god. But at least at least it was free. Yeah. But free doesn't necessarily mean good. Not worth it. So when 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 you are out there, people. And here is the question that I will put forth to you. How much do you research what you watch? Do you go on subreddits? Do you listen to podcasts like ours? Or do you just jump in with both feet hoping you're going to watch something that entertains you? Log on to thewatchlistpod.com. Click on that Contact Us button. Let us know. Or engage with us on social media at thewatchlistpod at uh, Bill Ivory Larson, because for the next couple of weeks, uh, Patty is off. So she's on a beach, getting high, having a pizza, drinking a beer. <laughs> no, Good for her. Writing a movie. <laughs> but, but what scares me, though, if this is not the last Halloween movie, yeah. then they have to do it without Laurie Strode. Yeah. And I... And I uh, it should be done. It should be done. Yeah, I think they did this on purpose. I think they knew, you know, like they said, you know, the rights are reverting back. So it was almost like, all right, the rights are reverting back. See if you can get out of this shit. I, I just, Good I hope. trying to get out of this. I hope that the rights reverting back just means backdoor money for the Akkads. I hope that that's all it means and not a slapdash sequel. I hope it means just that, you know, forever streaming now, the Akkad name will be on it. Just not another movie. It needs to be done. And it's okay to kill something. It's truly okay. Because the world should evolve from characters. How shitty was the remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street? Mm. I haven't watched the new Hellraiser yet. I actually do want to watch the new Hellraiser. I heard good things. And I know. I heard, I've heard really nothing, good things too. I've heard really great things about the Chucky show. And see, uh, and see that to me works as a movie, but as a weekly TV show, that's multiple I hear, seasons. I hear excellent things. Well, the first season, I heard a lot of people like it. And the second season, I think pretty much the same. Like I haven't heard people say, Oh, this is what's the point of this. This is terrible. A lot of people seem to really in, enjoy it. All right. But so, but here's the thing. I, I want Hollywood, and you've listened to this podcast. Oh, yeah. There is nothing wrong with stopping something after one season or one movie and moving on to something else. Yeah. Keep it fresh. 
Keep it fresh. Because even after a while, and you know this too, and I've railed against Marvel in this too, sometimes it's just too much. Slow it down and, and just, you know, cleanse our palate with something cool and new and original. Halloween ends ain't that. But damn, you see a body grinded up. Oof. You see that shit. Like, damn, they went there. All right. David, thank you so much for joining us this week. Thank, thank you, Bill. I appreciate it greatly. Oh, man, I always love talking to you and taking our deep dives into movies <laughs> like this because we geek the fuck out over this, and I, and I, oh, yeah. and I love that. Oh, man. Maybe there should be a short version of this podcast where, very much like Halloween ends, you take the beginning and the end and you slap and you just, it together, and that's yeah. it. That's all you need. Anyway. Everybody, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next week when I watch more shit that hopefully I didn't pay for and I like. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, you guys take care. David, thank you so much. Thank you, Bill. And we will catch you next time. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. (laughs) Okay, bye.